And this is the sixth episode of the Bayou Dragons podcast. We uh, are welcoming first-time guest, good fellow friend of ours, local legend of Hampshire, Texas, old Ryan Warhola. It's the first time I've ever been introduced like that. Yeah, Captain Ryan Warhola. Sorry, <laughs> he probably is going to slap me for not calling him Captain. Um, yeah, we've had a bunch of uh, requests on trying to get another podcast episode up. We've been busy with vacations and i just got i just got done got back from orlando today 15 hour drive and uh mitch has been at the beach and warhola we've been wanting to get him on here he's been a busy man doing fishing tournaments and being the local legend the local offshore legend of hampshire texas yeah we've done a little traveling so far this year yeah there's actually a guy i met in uh i didn't even tell you this second ago figured i'd just save it there's a guy that uh had heard of wrapped up from uh Orlando, he does a bunch of offshore fishing. <laughs> he he was like, man, you ever do any marlin fishing, whatever, with your company? I was like, well, I got a buddy of mine that is very good at his craft. And he was like, what boat's he on? I said, wrapped up. He goes, that's that Viking? I said, yep. He's like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> that's promising to hear. That is promising to hear. Hell yeah. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little about what you do, man, and uh, how you got into offshore fishing because, I mean – I don't know how you really get into offshore fishing. When did you start offshore fishing, and when did you start, like, loving it and, you know, develop a passion for it? Yeah, so I, I started uh, offshore fishing. My dad was real big into it, and um, he started taking me on. There used to be a party boat in Sabine Pass, believe it or not, called the Miss Vicky, and that was our summertime weekend. We would go on the Miss Vicky and go out of Sabine Pass and go snapper fishing back before there were seasons and limits and everything like that, and um, just kind of grew from there. I started going on the Miss Vicky at about six years old and dad started buying boats and it just kind of just grew from there and got to the point where myself and Doug and a couple other guys in the in the neighborhood my dad would be 16 years old and dad's like hey take the boat y'all boys go catch us some snapper for the day no cell phones no nothing offshore we go we if we weren't back by dark I guess he'd have called the coast guard but we always made it back so that um and what I mean because you're way older than us man you're an old man now but how what year was that since there's no cell phones when you were 16. Oh, man, that was, oh, gosh, that was probably 96-ish, somewhere in there. I mean, there were cell phones, but I didn't have one. Let's put it yeah. that way. You definitely look younger than I do, so that's yeah. promising for you. Yeah. You'll, you'll be 100 and look, you know, 60. I'll be 40 yeah. and look 100. <laughs> so I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Tanner, I was talking to Tanner uh, the other day, and his dad went offshore and they were about 150 miles out, and their boat broke down. They had to call the Coast Guard out to tow them in. It said it took them 15 hours to tow them in, and then they towed them into Galveston, and uh, they launched at Sabine Pass. And they had to so how does that work? I mean, if you have to call the Coast Guard to, to tow you in if you are to break down, do you have to pay them to do that, or is it like a response type of thing? No, you don't have to pay them. And, um, so it's, it's tax Hey, you're funded, and I can attest that you don't have to pay them to pick you up on a boat with a helicopter either because uh, I've been there. <laughs> that sounds like an interesting story if you want to dabble into that, unless it was, you know, something that you're not supposed to talk about. No, no. So I was uh, a buddy of mine called me up, and I've been working all day and in the heat and the sun and drinking water and <laughs> thought I was good to go and got on the boat. And when we got on the boat, I was feeling a little, little off but not bad. Maybe I had a little heat stroke or something. We went out fishing, and then that night – I started feeling really bad, and I started having a high pulse and started talking like I was drunk. Well, there was no beer on the boat, so there was no way I could have gotten drunk. The only thing on the boat was water. And 
So what ended up happening is I actually got water poisoning, which is to where you flush all your electrolytes out, and it really, really messes you up. And uh, I got picked up by the Coast Guard and got to ride in the basket up into the helicopter and go to UTMB Galveston. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Water poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. Did not know that. And most of the time we're talking about trying not to get alcohol poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd have had a beer on the boat, I might have been okay. Who knows? You probably, you know, alcohol, I've already said this once and I'll say it again. Probably would have saved your life like it saved mine. Very well could have. (laughs) The doctors are going to be like, that's not correct. I can't wait for those comments. Yeah. Um, Not trying to get off subject or whatever. I know. That I'm not going to brag about the change of scenery since it really isn't a change of scenery, but the sign behind us, brand new, Ben Floyd, uh, met him in Orlando, super cool guy. That's the guy we've told you all about. He does all our hats. He does all Ryan's hats, which we'll get into what he does for Ryan. And just great guy, does great work. Ben Floyd, Fabrication, look him up on Instagram, TikTok, all that. If you need hats getting done, he can do it. And he does canvas signs now. Looks badass. Yeah, that guy's a worker, man. I call him, and he's on it. Yeah, you can call him at 4.30 in the morning. He's, yeah, I've already done, you know, stitched a couple hundred hats. He's a damn wizard when it comes to that. But A grinder, man. I really respect those grinders because we're, we're grinders ourselves. That's why he likes us. He he's always uses the term hungry. He's like, y'all are hungry, and I like it. It's like, well, I'm fucking starving. Famished. <laughs> I am famished. I need some nutrients, boy. Yeah. What a... So he's doing stuff for you, Ryan. You can indulge. Yeah, so I saw y'all's hats and really liked them and obviously owned several of them and asked you at one point who did your hats. You turned me on to him, man. He's done a great job. He does all our uh, hats for the wrapped up. And, uh, man, I, I cannot complain one bit. Customer service is great. He gets them to you real quick. Do you want to talk about the wrapped up? It's a you know very modest boat. Yeah, yeah, we can go into the wrapped up. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, we can dive off into that. So, wrapped up is a 72-foot Viking sport fisher, and it's owned by a gentleman out of Lumberton, Texas, that uh, I've worked for for many years now, and I'm actually uh, in business with him in a, a couple different ventures, and we do a whole bunch of marlin fishing all over the Gulf Coast. We just got back from uh, Mississippi, went over there and fished the Mississippi Gulf Coast Billfish Classic. Had a good time. Didn't really catch anything worth uh, bragging about too much, but it was a good time. Was there anything brought in? Yeah, so they brought in one blue marlin that got weighed out of 81 boats. Jesus. And how many would usually get? uh, Uh, Usually on those tournaments, you'll get four or five killfish brought in. And one. So I guess, was this one, so I'm not super knowledgeable. I kind of know what y'all do, but like the, is that where there's like the random fish too, like mahi and? Yeah, so there's categories for mahi, wahoo, uh, tuna, obviously, and then there's catch and release categories for billfish, too. So to be able to kill one to weigh in, it has to be over 110 inches. So you catch one smaller, you get points, and the accumulation of the points of the tournament, you you win, you know, if you have the most points. And there's actually not very many. I want to say there was maybe 15 fish caught the whole weekend, and that's just really, really low numbers. Yeah. What a... So I never, we never, uh, we kind of talked about the trip we just did here recently with you about a month and a half, almost two months ago, and we caught some studs. Oh, yeah. Probably some of the biggest, if not biggest, you've ever caught? Oh, 100% the biggest I've ever seen caught, especially off Texas. And, like, I know we do the the point system with those, huh? Yeah, like, so we're in the Houston Big Game Fishing Club, which is one of the local fishing clubs, and you get points, and there's points for angler, points for boat, points for captain, points for mate. So 
it's kind of just a, a local thing. You don't win any money or anything with it. It's just recognition. And bragging rights. Yeah, yeah. And they have a banquet every year, and you go to and get plaques and really cool plaques, really nice awards and stuff. So. Yeah, man, what an incredible experience that was for me to get to go on that boat, man. Really appreciate that, by the way. But I don't know if you realize that I got a little – a little seasick on that trip. Yeah. I don't know if you know I was hurting a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I saw you. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, listened to the last podcast when we were talking about that I actually threw up a little bit on Porter. Yeah, I know. I to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I was laughing about that. But, you, uh, that yeah. um, that girl that was uh, cooking for us and everything, she brought me that little ginger uh, cube, man, and that cured me. I was a new man after that. I was ready to go, dude. Yeah, yeah, Holly. It's Holly Hearn. Hot shot Holly. And, yeah, hot shot Holly on Instagram and I guess all social media platforms. Yeah, I don't. She's got a really cool gig going, man, with that game girl gourmet doing the the cooking and wild game stuff. Really neat. Excellent chef. She she uh, landed a marlin this past trip. What y'all went on? Yeah. So uh, her Robert, her and Robert date. Uh, Robert's our, our captain on the boat. Um, I'm uh, even though I'm a captain, I'm too busy with the company to really do much with the boat. And Robert is very good at his craft, so that's why we brought him aboard. And then uh, Tyler Kitchen was with us, and on the ride over, obviously, if you're going across the Gulf of Mexico, you're going to fish. And uh, yeah, yeah, we ended up ended up coming across one and hooking up. And yeah, Holly did a great job in chair and got a nice little release out of it. How many uh, marlin do you think you've caught since our trip? I mean, since y'all do go out? Uh, oh man, we we've caught a few, not not a whole lot. We've had some bad weather over the last couple of weeks. You know, I think we've got a sale and uh, two or three more marlin since then. So, hell yeah, and I guess the next. How long is the marlin tournament, like the Houston deal, last? Oh, it's year-round. It's from January to January. So, so. you're fishing for that all year round? Yeah, and then, yeah. So, the next actual big tournament will be the Wahoo? No, so the next tournament we have is in Port O'Connor, Texas, and that's going to be the uh, Lone Star Shootout. And is that like a multiple fish deal? Yeah, it's the same thing as Mississippi, man. You got your, your, your uh, kill fish pot, your release pot, and then you also have your uh, – Wahoo, Mahi, and um, Tuna. And these are pretty big tournaments, like good cash pot, good bunch of people come out for them, a pretty big deal, right? Huge deal. So Mississippi, the guy who won Mississippi uh, this year, it was uh, $724,000 is what his check was. Oh. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Big deal, big money. Yeah, that's some spit on somebody money right there. Did, have you ever won one of the – I know y'all did the – y'all won Mahi one time. Yeah, uh, Chase, this one Mahi. I was actually sitting out because uh, I was in the hospital with my wife because our son was being born, so I just hit that one out. They won Mahi that year. Um, never really fished any more real big billfish tournaments. I've done really well in the Wahoo series over the years. Yeah, I was going to get into that after – because you're a man of – every time I talk to you, you're fishing tournaments, and you've been fishing Redfish Cup and all different kinds of Redfish series. And you've done pretty well. You said you're sitting in eighth place or in the top eight. Yeah, so towards the end of the deal, uh, it's a point system for team of the year. And obviously, you don't get anything for being in eighth place. But I felt pretty good making yeah, it there, I mean, you know. Shit, how many people fished that? Uh, there's probably 40 teams now. It's more of a local deal than anything. but Still, that's cocky. There's yeah. a lot of people that that's all they do is fish. Yeah. I mean, you, you own a business and have a bunch of other, other endeavors. Yeah, I definitely don't get a fish like I used to. Yeah. I, I hate until I can finally just re- say fuck it and retire. I'll be able to, every time you ask me to go, I will say yes. Because <laughs> you'll ask me on a Wednesday, hey, uh, it looks nice outside. You want to go fishing? It's like, I'm working. Son of a bitch. Yeah, that, that is the one nice thing about uh, being higher up in the company and being part owner in something is you get to you get to pick and choose what days you get to go fishing when it's calm. So Yeah, and – 
I guess we can go ahead. This is a perfect uh, spot to go ahead and clarify a past statement I'd made on this podcast about the hook and bullet oh, yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. Just clarifying. I I misspoke, said he was part owner. He's just a... Yeah, I'm just a very highly involved pro staffer. I'm very passionate yeah. about those glasses, man. And the guys who own it, um, Bill Waller and Rob Phillips, are just salt-of-the-earth guys. They're Texas guys, and they've got a really, really cool thing going. And I actually was a customer before they even asked me to be a... Uh, Pro staffer, it just kind of worked out that way, and now we become really good friends, and they fish with us now and then, and we really push their their glasses. Well, I will say it right now; those are great glasses. Mitch can attest. He, I don't know, have, you sleep with yours on, right? Great product, man. I mean, we went on the uh, fishing trip with Warhola, and he's like, "Oh man, you can wear these uh, hooking bullets I got." I was like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'll try them on. Never heard of them before." I put them on. I didn't take them off the rest of the trip, and uh, you know, I wear them all the time. Great glasses. And I'll tell you the one th- cool thing about them is their 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 logo or their on their glasses is PBO, and it stands for Purpose Built Optics. And they are specifically making these glasses for the specific thing that you're doing. So if you're an offshore guy, they have lenses for the offshore guys. You know, if you're a uh, crappie fisherman, they actually have a lens that's made to where you're looking at your electronics with all this live scope and everything y'all 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 freshwater yeah. boys do now. Yeah. Um, that actually where you don't get the blur and it gets real crisp, clear, but you still have polarization. It's re- it's really cool what they're doing, man. And they're you know their their lenses are made by Zeiss, and that's really really a high end product. You know. Yeah, I was I sat there and looked at their shit for a long time the other day when you're telling me to look into them, and they're slick looking glasses for sure. Like, and like I said on here, I was like, I've always been, you know, coast to coast to coast, but like, I'm like, yeah. man, these things are fucking nice. That's me. I, you know, I wore Costa for 20 years probably. And then uh, I was walking through the Houston fishing show and I was like, man, that's a really cool logo. Kind of caught my eye with their booth. And I walked up there, started talking to Rob and ended up buying two pairs. And then the guys with me that were, that fish on the boat, Tyler and uh, Brandon Growler were with me and then we, they bought some pairs too. And man, since then, I, I don't want anything else. They're light. They're, they're really good and clear. Um, great glasses. Hell yeah! I just wanted to clear that up. Just <laughs> yeah, didn't I, want no backlash. I've that. gotten that before because I'm every time they post something, I'm forwarding it on. Man, I'm posting about them all the time. I'm I'm very. They're the only per- people I pro staff with, and they're I'm very passionate about those glasses because they actually work. I hate to see when somebody's a pro staffer and they have something that's really not a good product. Yeah. Well, I, shit. I, I shit. I told Porter. You know, we we have a. You know, multiple brands reach out to us all the time saying, hey, you know, want to send you that. If, if I'm not fully behind a product and I don't think it 100% works and that I think it's the best at what I'm trying to do, I'm not going to sit there and promote it if it's dog shit, you know? Yeah. And I gain nothing other than I get a, a little discount for being a pro staffer. You know, I, I gain yeah. nothing from from promoting them. So That's nice. The um, So where were we right before that? The Oh, yeah. So the Wahoo – that's your big thing. That's your. That's what I'm known for in your, Texas is the Wahoo. Yes, there's a lot of people that know me because of the Wahoo fishing. Your bread and butter, and I've yeah. been on the boat with you. I've been on the boat next to you. I've fished around you, and I will just say I'm not trying to suck your dick, but you are a wizard when it comes to Wahoo <laughs> fishing. It's funny you say that. There's actually an article wrote in Lone Star Outdoor News called "The Wahoo Wizard" about me. Dumbledore of the Gulf. Yeah. That's yeah. The, yeah, man, I just, it's one of those things I really got into fishing for them, and I just kind of figured it out over the years, man, and it's one of those, uh, Robert really fell in place with wanting to do what we do and kind of got with, you know, Robert's the Bill Fish master. I mean, anybody, you hear Robert Nichols' name, it's Bill Fish. Everybody's like, man, you got Robert Nichols running your boat. Yeah, 
Yeah, we do. He's great at bill fishing, but when it, you know, his Wahoo thing, he knows how to catch Wahoo, obviously. But we kind of blended our two styles together, and it's been unbelievable. I will tell you this. When y'all hooked up to, I mean, both of those Marlin, watching y'all work together and just the chemistry between y'all. Y'all can tell y'all been, you know, y'all know y'all, what the hell y'all are doing. It was just badass to just watch y'all do y'all's thing, dude. Yeah, man, it, it really worked out great getting Robert because I've known him for years, you know, affiliated with Chase This and Brandon and everything, and uh, it just kind of worked out and – He's a little bit younger than me, but we're, you know, we're kind of in the same age bracket, so we get a, a good mesh going on. Yeah, no, that was – and he was super cool guy. Like, when we met him, I was like, I don't know if he's going to like what we do, like being on his boat, and he was just fucking gung-ho Oh, for yeah, it. yeah, he's, he's down like, for whatever. Buy you dragons? Hell yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and Jeremiah. Oh, dude, Jeremiah, that is a, a – That's a badass right there, dude. dude. And he was saying that – or somebody on the boat. It wasn't him. He wasn't bragging about himself. Robert was saying that, like, he's, like, fished all around the world. Oh, Jeremiah can fish on any marlin boat he wants to. He's known from Madeira all the way to Cabo San Lucas. Everybody knows who he is. He's in Kona right now for two months fishing. What? That's awesome. Yeah. That's the <laughs> kind of jealous. Yeah, je- I'm super jealous. Is he married? Or yeah, he's married. Yeah, he's married. His wife's really supportive. I mean, he. Uh, that's what he's known for, man. He's he's he is the ultimate wire man, the ultimate mate. And uh, I say two months. I think he's gonna be there for thirty days, and he's coming home to fish the tournament series with us. So, now one thing I learned about Jeremiah, he's gonna keep that back deck clean as shit. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he's on that water hose 24-7. You better get out of his way too, because he will spray you. I'm gonna post that photo tomorrow on Instagram. Just. Might do a double post tomorrow. I'm posting him spraying those damn reels, man. They, he kept them some bitches clean. Oh, dude. yeah. Oh, yeah. And he never – I don't think he ever not had a drink in his hand either and never could tell that he was drinking. He was on his shit oh, the yeah. whole time. And everyone on that on that boat was really cool, fun to hang out with. Yeah, man. We, we try to keep a good, nice uh, crew that clicks together real well. You know, me and Tyler have been fishing together for, oh, gosh – forever five six seven eight years now is just a straight up he's pretty much on every trip he actually missed this last trip and it was kind of weird not having him on the boat yeah i mean i'd never see him not posting with with you and now it's been really nice because i get a bunch of saying not pro staff members but you are basically pro staff members for us because y'all only fish with bayou dragon shirts on oh now. yeah yeah do you see that one uh picture with uh, all the blood all over yeah, the shirt from the I'm, tuna? yeah i'm gonna get him another one yeah just, yeah we kind of ruined a couple shirts over the last couple trips i try to ruin every one i have yeah that is the that is what my goal if it's white i want to destroy it but and i definitely appreciate y'all definitely repping the brand it kind of branches out from what just people think we just do duck hunting and bass fishing but no yeah, as I much mean, as we can we want to be a part of you know that's the cool thing about where we live you know you can do it all i mean i've i've shot deer in this county i've shot ducks geese i've hunted everything you can imagine besides i guess elk or whatever you know that western stuff i mean it alligators whatnot but you're an hour from the lake you can go bass fishing you're 20 minutes from salt water you know it's just it's a really cool area to grow up in and you and you have a really good outdoor upbringing when you grow up here yeah and it's not that far to go do anything and like we've talked about it the different terrains of texas mm-hmm. if you want to go up to the hill country which you do quite often yeah right? yeah I'm, i, I kind of live out there sometimes so yeah shooting white tail axes whatever smashing them mm, beautiful sound but um do you have any big i mean shit your last big one was that that hunt you did where you shot those that 200 
Yeah, so uh, we we go up to the High Roller Ranch every year as a company and, and go shoot some of those deer, and that's really fun. You know, I shot a really nice deer with my bow, and I go to try to go out west somewhere every year and hunt either mule deer or elk. And uh, growing up, I always wanted to do that, and now I have the means and the way to do it, so I go try to do it at least once a year. I'm actually going uh, way west Texas, and I'm going hunting for uh, elk with uh, Stephen West, who has an outdoor show, and really excited about that. That's Yeah, I one day I will do that. Yeah. I want to go shoot an elk. I want to go just track up some snowy-ass mountain, be worried that I might get eaten by a grizzly or something, and then shoot one. And you do a bunch of northern hunting also. Yeah. I mean, because we did our Montana trip last year, and you were up in Billings, right? Oh, I was in Miles City, so I wasn't really far from y'all, actually. Yeah, Miles City, and yeah. shot you a stud muley. Yeah, that was a fun trip, man. Uh, I've gone up to that ranch several times, and, man, it's been – been great every time uh, those people up there in montana are just so nice and just so welcoming and i, I always enjoy going up there I've, I've never eaten mule deer myself how does it compare to whitetail as far as taste yeah, i mean similar pretty similar it depends on what range they're in you know if they're in those sage flats they get a little sagey taste to them but i mean they're they're good it's, it all goes into how you cook them too you know i mean the, the longer you cook them the tougher and the, and the worse they're going to taste if you cook them rare like a steak they're going to be just just fine now, I will say probably the best thing I've ever eaten uh, wild game-wise was that Gimsbach you brought me. Oh, yeah, yeah. That shit. I was telling Ryan, were we fi- I guess me and you were fishing. And yeah, we were red fishing. We were red fishing, and I was like, I'm going to cook my wife, and I'm going to go get her a nice ribeye and cook her dinner. He's like, dude, fuck that ribeye. I got something for you. Went, went over to his house, gave me a couple packages of Gimsbach. Don't know if y'all ever had it. Get, try to get your hands on that. Yeah, that, that is unbelievably good. I've, I've never heard of that species of animal. I, <laughs> I don't know what that is, to be honest with you. It's, I mean, where, I don't, where do you even kill it? You killed it in Texas? Yeah, I shot it uh, out at the Black Eagle Ranch. I got a buddy of mine owns that place and invited us out there, and we went out there for a couple of days hunting. And he, ends, he, he really likes uh, my wife. Um, he likes to let her kill all the big stuff. So this big Gimsbach walks out, and he's like, you can kill that. And I was like, I, I kind of want to kill that, but. Yeah, she shot it and made a great shot on it. And, uh, was that yeah. where you shot that big uh, ram or yeah. goat? or what? Yeah, Transcaspian Uriel, yeah. So I ended up shooting something really cool at the end of the yeah. deal, but yeah. Open sight. Yeah, my thirty thirty Man, I've been hunting a lot with that thirty thirty. I've I've really gotten to the point where I'm, in, you know, I have a place in Fredericksburg that we hunt on, and it's one of those places there's piles and piles of deer, and it's really not fair with a scope rifle, so I've been doing a lot of bow hunting, but then I got this – octagon barrel thirty thirty, and i'm john wayne in it out there now that's cocky i mean i know a guy that um hunts down on the king ranch and that's what he told me one day we were uh this is years ago but we were tracking a, a bunch of uh neil guy and he's like i only either like bow bow hunt on foot or like open sight like that like thirty thirty or whatever he said it makes it you know fair playing field fairest it could be yeah i mean you like, got to get close you know i've 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 gotten pretty good with the thirty thirty though. I've shot a couple of deer at 100 yards now, and I'm kind of thinking about bringing it to Montana next time I go just to see if I can do it because that's the ultimate Western hunt to shoot a, a mule deer with a lever action. Well, if anyone could, it would be you because <laughs> you kind of have a – kind of go backtrack. You kind of have a experience and with the shooting and stuff like that. I guess you had to do a lot of range shooting back in the day when you were on the force. Yeah, yeah. I did 14 years in law enforcement, so I spent a lot of time shooting so on the range. Another, um, 
interesting subject we can bring up. You used to work in law enforcement before you do what you do now. You got any, like, crazy – I mean, just one that kind of pops out to you in particular that you can talk about, kind of like wild story you encountered in law Probably enforcement? Probably the Hellcat. Oh, yeah, the Hellcat. That's definitely a good one. Yeah, so um, Houston PD and the FBI start chasing this most wanted criminal, and he's in a Hellcat, and he's blowing through Houston, and little did he know he shouldn't have come to Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, so, yeah, so he was running in this Hellcat, and he was outrunning everybody except the news helicopter. And we were actually sitting in the office. I was working in narcotics at the time, and I was actually also in the uh, aviation unit as one of the uh, – pilots in training and so we're sitting there and pilots come running through and it's almost like top gun man they're like running through and they got their flight suits on i'm like what are y'all going and so we got a pursuit coming into the county from houston so i was like okay where's it coming he said highway 73 and i said where's where's it where's it at right now i said man uh they're saying he just bailed out at veolia in that marsh and i said really well it just so happens i know that marsh very well so uh yeah so i pulled up in there and um the news helicopter filmed me doing a uh, straight-up tackle on this guy on national television. Dude, Brian Erlocker disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did, he was on his phone and didn't know I was coming, and I used that to my advantage. And, uh, yeah, so ended ended that pursuit. That was a pretty wild one, man. But uh, stories, man. I have I have more stories than I can even begin to tell in one podcast or, you know, one, one segment. It's uh, law enforcement, man. Nobody really realizes what – we see every day day in and day out over the course of a year you know as much less 14 years you know I did 10 years on SWAT um, I did a lot of time in narcotics I worked up on the highway I was part of a DEA task force went down to South Texas and worked uh, uh, cartel interdiction during Operation Lone Star so I have a pretty pretty good story you know of uh, of my career and and uh, you know I got out at the right time I was I was ready to get out. You know, sometimes it, people say it tells you when you're ready to get out, and I knew I was ready to get out. I just was at that point where it was going to uh, make me or break me kind of deal. Yeah, and, I mean, you got out when you were young enough to chase other endeavors, and you've been successful at every almost every single thing, everything I know that you've done, you've been very successful with, with your business and with the fishing and stuff like that. And as soon as you got out of law enforcement, that's when you met. Yeah, so uh, not so much. Um I met Henry. I've had my captain's license since I was 18, so I was always running fishing trips, you know, whether it be inshore or offshore or whatnot. And uh, I met the guy, uh, his name's Henry. I met Henry um, probably about seven, eight years ago now. And it was just a mutual meeting between a friend and uh, Henry bought a boat for offshore. And my friend said, hey, uh, you need to hire Ryan to take you the first couple of times so you get an idea how to fill the boat and everything like that. Well, that turned into me taking Henry every time. And the boats got bigger. And then um, in between law enforcement jobs, and we won't get into the politics of being a sheriff's deputy and new sheriffs being elected, but I was uh, looking for a job for a couple months, and Henry was nice enough to give me a job working for one of his companies. And uh, we just became really good friends, and uh, I left to go back in law enforcement, and we talk almost every day. And I guess he could tell that some things were weighing on me, and he called me up one day and said, hey, man, I, I think you need to quit and come work for me again, or I have a venture I want to go into with, and I think you're the perfect guy to, to be the face of that. So that kind of worked out good. So fishing ultimately got me where I am today. And sh I, I got to go. I got the pleasure to go fish with you back when you had you when you and Cade and Cody owned the sailfish. Was it 27-foot? Yeah, 26-foot sailfish. 26-foot yeah. sailfish. 150 Yamahas. And the first time I ever went offshore, it went 156 miles offshore, caught swordfish, 
yellowfin tuna, tilefish, all kinds of shit. Yeah, man, that was a fun trip. And that boat, I pushed the limits of that boat a little too much, I think. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Because whenever someone asked me one time, like, what's the farthest you've been off? I was like, hundred at that time, I was like, 154 and a 26-foot sailfish, just dual 150. So, like, that kind of sounds sketchy. It's like, well, it man, might. That boat right there, we've had some great times in that boat. I remember one time the, the Texas Billfish Classic was going on, and I left Sabine Pass and went to Augur. Well, Augur is 180 miles from Sabine Pass. It's a, it's a long ways away, especially in a 26-foot boat. And uh, these two boats that were fishing, one of them was named Donakin, the other one was named No Compromise, and they were talking about a 92-footer and a 72-foot sport fisher out there. Kind of, well, I'm on a 72 now. But um, they were out there fishing and fishing this tournament, and we were pulling baits and they were live bait marlin fishing. We actually pulled our baits in between them and caught a blue marlin in that little bitty boat in front of them. And that was the day I was like, I love blue marlin. And that's all I want to do from here on out is catch blue marlin. So we're whole, uh, Ryan, we were just talking about the upgrading of boats. You've gone from a 26 foot. And then I know you had gone up to what? A 34 Freeman. No. Yeah. 37 Freeman, 37 Freeman. Yeah. I'm not good with the numbers. They're yeah. all weird. Yeah, I was in 37 Freeman. I fished it for uh, almost three years, and then we went to a 47 Freeman. And then you went from a 47 Freeman to a 72-foot. Yeah, yeah. We actually at one point had the 37 and the 47 at the same time, and there's actually a, a guy named Dick Jagger who does rap songs about fishing, and he actually named both of our boats in his rap song. It's pretty cool. Dick Jagger. Yeah. That I'm is to, I'm about to check him out. Oh my God, that might be the greatest name I've ever heard. Yeah, he all he raps about is uh offshore fishing and uh yeah, he had a he had a thing about too nasty, a line about too nasty, and a line of thing about bad cat too. It was pretty cool, pretty cool little deal. <laughs> Dick Jag Dak Jagger. I can't even say it. that's so great. Yeah, he started following me because of the Wahoo thing, man. We started uh kicking ass in these Wahoo tournaments and he started following along and man he uh <laughs> he wrote a rap song and we were in it. Dude, I've been wanting to, uh, and I thought I saw this. This has probably been almost two years ago, and I don't know why I haven't brought it up, but we need to try to get a Slim Thug on your boat because he, I see randomly he'll post a, a photo of him on Instagram, and he's like holding up a Wahoo or something. Yeah, man, he's a big fisherman. And I think he fishes with Colby Dimbo a little bit too. It's being Lake Lodge, honestly. That is hilarious. Yeah, I know dude. there's there's some rapper from Houston that flies his helicopter and lands and then fishes with Colby for the day and then leaves. I think I'm pretty sure it's him. I have to ask him, but it probably is Slim Thug. That that shit when I saw him holding a Wahoo, and I don't remember what his caption was, but I just literally had tears in my eyes, crying, laughing. I was like, dude, I need to get Ryan connected with Slim Thug. Just for <laughs> yeah, man. a UGK original, just. You get him on the boat, man. I'd, man. I'd love to receive a phone call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Str straight up out of Houston. We fi we fished with some pretty. Uh, we fished with a couple of Houston Astros guys before on Chase. This uh, Evan Gaddis fished with us a couple times. Really nice yeah. guy. Well, Evan, I know Evan's done. Like he went fishing with y'all, then would go out to Justin's and go duck hunting because Rance has guided him a few times. Yeah, and he fishes with Colby too a little bit. Yeah, a bunch of those guys are real cool. Real quick, I'm gonna go ahead and just we didn't plug it in the first half, but. New shirts are up on the website. They went live today at 4.30 p.m. They uh, they came out really slick. And right now until midnight on Sunday, this coming Sunday, because this podcast will be out before then, use promo code AMERICA, all caps. You get 15% off your order. And, uh, yeah, go ahead and get 
get the we got a couple new lids on there, bunch of restocked hats. A lot of people have been asking about that. The new shirt, we got a bunch of other shirts up online. So anything y'all buy, use that code, it'll help out. Yeah, man, I really like the fishing shirt. We've been uh we've been ripping that quite a bit on the wrapped up. But if you follow my Instagram, it's on there all the time. Oh yeah. I'm that right now we're short on these. They I didn't get as many as I should have. Like it's one of these things you you're we're we're still relatively new at apparel. So I was like, man, I'm gonna just get a certain amount and then it was just hotcakes. Yeah. A lot of it was us promoting it. Y'all I mean, I was posting almost a story twice a week with y'all catching fish in it and i'm like well they sold out and people are like man i need that fishing shirt it's like we'll get it we're just transactioning trying to figure out the right people to work with to get this kind of line of that's clothing. the main thing finding out the right people to work with with what we're trying to do and figuring everything out it's it's tough man and it's hard to learn the business when you're just starting out it's it's a, there's a lot to learn man and i try to help anyone that's trying to upcome and become a company that does what we do and the people we've talked to that have been in the game longer than us that are the OGs, they'll even say it's been a long ride to get where they're at now. But, you know, Well, it's kind of one of those things you kind of learn as you go, and we've learned a hell of a lot as we started. I mean, when we started out, our our stuff was shit, you know, and it slowly started getting better and better to what it is now, you know. I mean, it's just part of growing and part of starting a brand, you know. You're going to start off and you're going to build on it, you know, and keep getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. and the – People and connections we've gotten throughout the whole deal has been awesome. I was also going to plug in. We didn't. Mitch, hold up your uh, little koozie for the camera. So a company off of Instagram, it's called Beersy, and their deal is called The Beersy. They have 227,000 followers. It's a little, it just slides right over your can, and they have some cocky-ass designs. It's a silicone sleeve that fits perfectly over your can. Feels great in your hand. I'm gonna call I it. I love the, it. I like. I, I I don't know if they've ever called it this, but I'd call it the can condom. Dude, yeah, that's I was perfect. about to say you better clarify the beer can, not your personal can. Yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> okay, so if this fits on you, good for you, bud. I mean, shit. But they have. I mean, I'm holding up the American flag since this is the Fourth of July episode. Mitch has the bleach because you know that that was probably a, a thing in 2018 or 19. People eating. Tide Pods, they probably drink Clorox bleach. They have this, go check them out on Instagram. They have a bunch, and their website's in their link. You can find it. They have a bunch of them, and they sent us some, and they're a real cool brand. So I think people would appreciate their uh, what they got going on. No doubt, no doubt. So we were talking about earlier, Ryan uh, grew up in the area, and we've all, um, you know, we got a little age gap in between us, but we're all big um at one time, anyway, we're real big into hunting waterfowl. And Ryan can kind of attest to, you know, how it used to be versus how it is now. You know, y'all seem to kill a lot more birds back in the day. You were kind of telling us a couple stories about, you know, hunting the local marsh and shooting a bunch of uh, greenheads and pintail and geese out in the local marsh. Yeah, man. I mean, back in the day, nowadays when you go to local marsh, I haven't been in several years because I got tired of uh, fighting the crowds, but back Back in the day, you could go and you'd be the only boat in there. You know, I'm talking late 90s, early 2000s. I would go skip school and go duck hunting. And, um, man, I'd be the only boat in there on a Saturday morning. And uh, it just seems to 
progressed over the years to where there's a line that's a mile long. I mean, anytime you go drive by J.D. Murphy anymore, it's like, holy cow, these guys have been here for three days. That's all those Meath yeah. County boys that hunt that J.D. Murphy. I don't fool with any of that, but I hunt um, – we all hunt, uh, me and Porter and Tanner, mainly the Anahuac area, you know, the, all the high island marsh. And uh, it's still, though, you know, you can leave the house at midnight and you're still – you ain't going to be the first one, even on a, in a, on a weekday. Man, I'd know? leave the house at 4 o'clock. And I'd pull into the pond with enough time to throw the decoys out, and I would not have to fight a single person. That would be the ultimate. The only way you're doing that now is if you go to Anahuac on the second to last week of the year, no one's shot shit for weeks, and you go out there and you shoot your two ducks, and then you go in and eat Waffle House or Burrito <laughs> Express. Yeah, yeah, man. But it, it's changed over the years. You know, when I was growing up, I, um, I have really good close family members and friends that have some rice over here in Winnie, and the DeVillier family, and I, I grew up being able to hunt on their stuff. And, man, over the years, it's just changed to where there's not the birds that we used to see. The <laughs> So I'd still think it's one of the most ultimate names for a ranch ever. You would got in with some land over in Winnie, and it was called the Spoonbill Ranch, which I've definitely been verbal throughout all social media, my favorite bird. Waterfowl to hunt is a spoonbill, northern shoveler. Shoveler. <laughs> the old shoveler, yeah. And you had a whole ranch named after it. I don't – could you tell us why it was called the Spoonbill Ranch? Yeah, so uh, myself and Doug and a couple other buddies of ours, Cody Bonvillian and a few people, we got together and we were tired of fighting the crowds in the public. And so we said, hey, we're going to lease some land. And then it got to the point where we're like, hey, let's let's call it the Spoonbill Ranch. And then there, there came the hats and the stickers and everything else, and it kind of became a thing. And uh, Were y'all just fun. smacking on the spoonbills? Was that the reason, or was it just because it's the cockiest of all the birds? I mean, it's the cockiest of all the birds, let's be real. It is. And people that, well, basically anybody, and I've talked to a bunch of different people that hunt around the U.S., like waterfowl-wise, most of them, majority will say their favorite birds is spoonbill because they don't get them like we do. People are, that, honestly, they're a very sought-after bird. Like if you talk to people that are not from around here, way up north or, you know, this this and there, you know, it's it's a sought-after bird. Some people are like, oh, you shot a, a, a shoveler drake? Yeah, you know, we yeah. shot one and yeah. shot 10. Come shoot 20. Yeah, the my one of my favorite hunts ever in the marsh, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but it was a morning, super foggy, I'm talking – you could have cut it like an old Scooby Doo movie and eat the eat in the fog. It like you could just hear all morning like you hear widgeons, you hear mallards, you hear teal, and then as soon as the sun came up, it was still foggy. It just started raining spoonbills. <laughs> four man limit of it was me, Matt, Mitch, Tanner. Four man limit of spoonies, and I'm gonna say max like fifteen, sixteen minutes. And that at the time, Matt was that was our dog, so. We didn't have a dog then. Matt was the youngest. He drew the draw, the little straws like, Matt. And he just went, picked every single one of them. He's like, and we're like, oh, what is that? He's like, Spoony, Spoony, Spoony. Like, <laughs> I still have that picture. It's a straight four-man limit of straight shoveler. There's no other uh, species of duck. It's all shovelers, spoonbills. Yep. We're gonna, we'll definitely have a shirt in the future that will have a spoonbill on it. Maybe we maybe we can collab the Spoonbill Ranch and oh, dude, buy you dragons, dude. I would yeah. Let's bring back the Spoonbill Ranch. Hey, I still have everything from it. We can do it. No, I think that shit would be great. If I had the sticker right now, I'd show it off. But <laughs> got one in my fridge over there. But uh, so you've grew up public hunting. You private hunt now. I mean, I guess you're most of your time's tied up with fishing, so you're not really 
Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I still I still like to go teal hunt. I still like to gator hunt, um, dove hunt when I can, and um, do a lot of deer hunting. And I try to go at least out west or up north at least once a year. But, yeah, come January, we're fishing. Yep, fishing for the big fish. And Ryan's asked the other day, messaged me, just, man, what's up with them green fish, them bass? <laughs> just acquired himself a bass boat, and I yeah. guess he's about to start fucking bass up now too i figured i'd dabble it might as well if you have the means to dabble into every single thing in the outdoors world um uh, i haven't asked you and i don't know if you have, have you ever done any like out of country hunting no I, I well i went to canada does that count i mean yes it does i went to canada and bear hunted and and had an absolute blast um i wish i could go back to canada but i'm not allowed in that country because of my vaccination status I honestly think they might have changed that by now. I know that was an issue in the past. I've been hearing about all these guys that always traveled to Canada to hunt, but I think they – I don't know if they have, but they might have changed it now to where you don't have to be vaccinated, which is horse shit yeah. in my opinion. But Yeah, that you know, I was I made really good friends with the outfitter up there that we bear hunted with. Super nice guy. He actually runs a waterfowl outfit too in Saskatchewan. And, man, that guy starved for three years because of their country's views on – covid and it's it's sad all the outfitters did all the waterfowl outfitters i mean not just i mean there's a bunch of them that hurt from it the so on your bear hunt did you acquire a bear i did not acquire a bear i enjoyed every second of it though and it wasn't because i didn't have the opportunity it's because i was trying to be a picky ass next time i go i won't be picky yeah just anything that's yeah big hairy and could kill you if it's legal it's getting it's getting an arrow so what what uh species of bear were you hunting up there was it black bear yeah it was black bear they're um you eat those huh they're pretty good to eat. man let me tell you so i was skeptical as fuck when the guy's like i'm gonna cook y'all black bear and i'm sitting there thinking like black bear come on man some of the best meat i've ever had it was so good how did he cook it so it's actually really cool. They have those morel mushrooms up there. So we went and picked morel mushrooms during the middle of the day. And up there when you're bear hunting, you only hunt the afternoons. It's really good for drinkers because you don't go in the stand till like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. It doesn't get dark till 11 or 12 at night. So you can drink your ass off all night, sleep in all day, and then go bear hunting. It's really, really nice. And um, but no, so we went and picked a bunch of morel mushrooms. And then actually his mom cooked us the bear. And I don't know exactly how she cooked it. It was kind of like a kind of like a coon-ass gravy, to be honest. She did a little gravy with it, had a little rice. It was excellent. Did she render down the fat with it? Because I heard that's like a big deal up there, like rend- like taking the fat, rendering it. Yeah, so it. that's a whole separate deal, and I was I actually thought that too, that she would have cooked it in the fat, and she said, no, you have to render the fat separate, and you have to do a process with the fat to pull it out. Otherwise, it'll be very gamey. Because hmm. uh, uh, a podcast I've listened to before with Joe Rogan and Donnie Vincent, that's what he's talking about, like, these different bears from up there, the whole fat rendering process. I didn't know it was a whole separate deal, but he just he claimed that bear was also just fantastic. Oh, it was unreal. But, I mean, so they're feeding these bears uh, vanilla granola from the granola factories, what they bait them in with. So they've been eating vanilla granola for a while. So that, that might attribute to their, their, their taste. Well, that's what, they, like, what I've read on them is if they are, like, eating strictly berries and shit like that, like their fat will turn a different color with what they're eating. So like they're eating a bunch of blueberries. They'll have like a purplish tint to their fat, and it's just a lot sweeter meat. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, dude, it was it was. I was skeptical, and it was unbelievable. That is, I've never had bear yet. Uh, 
any of our viewers, if y'all shoot bear and want to send us a frozen package, I will eat it. I can't I, say I've ever eaten bear either, but I, I'd be open to trying it for sure. But I think most people are skeptical about eating predators, like, in general. Have you, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, mountain lion or anything like that, which I've heard mountain lion's amazing, too. I've heard bobcat, too. I, I'm, I'm not brave enough to try it, but I've heard it. Oh, dude, I've... I mean, shit. You can really make anything taste good if you cook it right. I'm not, I mean, not, not anything, but no, if throw, you cook something right, it's going to taste good. Yeah, throw some Gojo seasoning up on it. <laughs> yeah. It tastes fantastic. Yeah. Little Gojo's. Little Gojo's, local yeah, legends seasoning yeah. entrepreneur. So that, that's been my only out-of-country hunt. I have one book next year that I'm super pumped about. I'm going to go to Africa. I'm going to spend a week there with uh, Cable Smith from Lone Star Outdoor Show. And uh, he invited me to go with him, and we booked a hunt, and I'm, I'm super excited about that. So That's going to be cool. Uh, do you know what – I mean, because usually when, when you go and book those kind of hunts, you book multiple animal hunts. Yeah, so the, the way this outfitter is, it's kind of a spot and stalk, and I'm, I'm actually – you know, I'm a big bow hunter, but I'm going to bring my rifle. I'm only going to go to Africa once in my life, so I'm going to make it worth my while. I'm not going to look at them, run away from me as I try to stock up on them. So – it's kind of one of those deals where you're, you're, you're window shopping, you're riding around, you're spotting and stalking, you see something that you want to shoot and then you, you know, negotiate the price and go shoot it. So that's very cool. The, um, I just figured with everything you've done, I figured you'd already been to Argentina and did one of those bird hunts. My uncle just got back from one and, you know, joined the 1000 dove club and all yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. That, it looks fun, man. And you know, uh, I would maybe do that one day, but I've had some absolutely spectacular dove hunts right here in Winnie, Texas. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it would be more for me to go shoot just the different birds they have, yeah, yeah. all their whistlers and shit like that. Yeah, the, the duck hunting down there would be cool for sure. Very diverse uh, species they have down there. Man, I've been seeing this guy on Instagram, and I, I think it's like Scotland Wings or something, but he's been posting uh, waterfowl hunts in Scotland, and I'm telling you right now, I want to go to Scotland. Dude, Scotland and like um, – not Australia, but New Zealand. Like, yeah. Those are like two big ones that people just don't know about or just overlook. And it's like, dude, I would go to either one of those countries like yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. And I don't even know what birds they have over there. I know they don't have a shoveler. Or if they have a shoveler, it's going to be a different type. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure they have a shoveler. Every continent has a shoveler. Yeah. Well, they have like the red spoonie in Argentina. And I'm like. They got that one in South south america too that's uh, looks like a teal is the white half moon like a blue wing have you seen that one uh man carter hooper has a shit ton of uh mounts yeah and i don't remember how many because he mounted every bird that he shot from argentina or different species of birds so right now it's kind of just a, a hole in what you're fishing right now there's no big tournaments have you do you have any other i mean i'm sure you'll probably be on the boat next week fishing. oh man i'm i'm probably gonna fish tuesday through thursday oh, okay yeah well, i'm gonna sneak out there and try to knock out a few blue marlin we'll see though robert will be joining you i'm guessing oh yeah no robert robert's totally in on the mission does, is that all robert does i mean yeah yeah he's our full-time captain on the boat so damn yeah I and I, I will say you say damn i wouldn't want that job yeah, it, it is a well, a shit pot of work. I mean, by the time he's done cleaning the boat, he's got to start over. Yeah. Uh, I imagine it's pretty grueling. I mean, a lot of people don't – everybody I talk to, like Caleb Winslow and people like that, they're like that help manage land or like biologists and shit like that on these big ranches. They Everybody's like, dude, that would be the ultimate job. It's like, dude, I am – every single day I'm doing something. Even if it's like off-season, just feeling feeders and – mowing grass and doing shit like that like for these big ranches i'm like 
that doesn't sound fun. I'd rather just go out there and hunt, but the other 200 days out of the year, 300 days out of the year, you're just working your asshole off. Yeah, a lot of people don't understand the work that goes on behind the scenes. They just see, you know, going out and catching fish or going well, out and shooting yeah, whatever. They, they see the TikTok videos of the good times and the uh, Instagram posts and everything like that. They don't see the behind the scenes at all. And, Shit. man, I'm going to tell you right now, Robert has a lot of work and hours in that boat. Well, he's definitely fucking good at what he does, for sure. He was good. I mean, everybody I've ever fished with with you has been good. I mean, I've had the pleasure of meeting a bunch of different people that have been great guys and very knowledgeable in what they do. I mean, because that's just not the background. I was I was raised bass fishing, and that's what all of us have. So the opportunities we get to go with y'all, it's yeah. special. But it's even better whenever you're around just – some dope ass dudes. Yeah, man, it's a really tight knit group of guys who billfish off Texas. You know, there's not a lot of people who can say they've caught a billfish off Texas, and there's not a lot of people that can say they caught multiple billfish off Texas in a single day. And it's a it's a real tight knit community, and it's a really really cool group of guys to be around. I mean, honestly, but how many people are actually billfishing off of Texas? Uh, man, on on there's about twenty boats that do it pretty much uh, hardcore like we do. You religiously. Know? Yeah, religiously. You know. Um, there's a there's a lot of there, and then there's a lot of Texas guys that do it, um, but they do it in other places. Like George Strait has a boat named Gringo Honeymoon. He fished for a long time, and he had one named Day Money. Um, but he he moved his operation to Florida because he didn't want to make those long runs. It, you know, we got to make long runs to catch fish here. We're, we're running a hundred miles, no doubt. Anytime we want to go catch a billfish, to at least get to the guard, past the garden. Yeah, you want to be on the shelf, on the edge of the shelf, or what we call it, where it drops off into thousands of foot, and where you get those upwellings and those bait hang up. So. What is your favorite offshore fish to eat? To eat? Yes. I would have to say a wahoo. Wahoo. Yeah. I still to this day that I cherish the shit out of that tile fish, man. Yeah, I know a- <laughs> I know that's like y'all's cat fishing, <laughs> but that is a fantastic yeah, fish. They're very good. You know, swordfish is great. Um, but I'm I'm kind of in this stage where I really enjoy like sashimi and, and, and sushi and the wahoo is Man, it's just uh, spectacular. Well, everybody needs to add you on. Well, I don't even have you on Snapchat no more. I just remember seeing your Snapchats. Now you just send them via directly my message yeah. of every night you're eating something gourmet as shit. Yeah, I, I, I post it up on Instagram every now and then, uh, my story. I don't I don't have Snapchat anymore, and I have TikTok, but uh, my TikTok's more dedicated to the boat yeah. than anything. If you watch my TikTok, it's all boat stuff and fishing. So Yeah, I, it's... Go look, check out Captain Ryan Warhole on Instagram, and you'll be like, man, yeah, my, does he not eat nothing but, like, great sushi <laughs> yeah. and just some kind of yeah, my, big upland game animal? My, yeah, my Instagram's RTW222, and then Captain Ryan Warhole on TikTok. Yeah, y'all go follow him. He always posting some badass shit, and then sometimes he's wearing Bayou Dragon gear, so. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite often, actually. If it's not me, it's somebody on the boat, Tyler or somebody, or, or Jody. Oh, dude, <laughs> Jody. That is a whole... I asked him, he told me no, and just in the nicest way, he's like, no, I'm, you know, I'm I'm at a point in my life, I don't want people to know exactly everything I've done, because he's an older gentleman. Yeah. But he is genuinely one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever met yeah, in my life. Yeah, he's, he's Henry's uh, brother, and man, let me tell you, them two guys right there, <laughs> they are a hoot, you know. Dude, he was so cool, and I was nervous, and if Jody, if you see this, don't take it wrong, but I was just... We were all at the marina that morning, the last time we went out with y'all, and it's like four thirty-five in the morning, 
and like everybody's on the boat, and then we're just waiting. Like, y'all, we're just waiting on Jody. It's like it's Henry's brother. I was like, okay. And this dude walks out looking like the man at sea, just big white beard, long white hair, you know, just, and he's like, what's up, guys? Jumps on the boat, and I was like, man, is he going to be able to like handle this shit, dude? He was, <laughs> he handles it better than I do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a quarter of his age, and that dude was freaking. Man, I, some of the best trips I've had in the most recent years have been with Jody fishing. He is he's a good luck charm, let me tell you. Dude, he and he's not afraid to jump on that reel too, dude. Oh, no. Like at all. He was fucking like and he stayed up the whole time. He was up late as shit. Like everybody was up in, in the house and I sat there for honestly two and a half, three hours asking him just questions. I'm not gonna repeat some of the stories, just just different hunting he's done around the world and Incredible, fishing. incredible stories he told oh, us. Dude, fantastic. Oh, I wish I could share them. Like, I wish he would share them, but honestly, it's kind of special that I'm one of the few people, like, you know, y'all are too, but one of the few people that know what he's done, what he's accomplished, shit that he's done. I'm like, dude, that is a genuinely yeah cool-ass old man. And I'm going to tell you, uh, his story and Henry's story is unreal, and I'm not going to elaborate into it because, you know, I don't I don't obviously know if they want me to elaborate into it, but their stories are unreal. And I think that the reason that why where they're at today is the reason they are towards people is because the way they came up. And, man, let me tell you, salt of the earth. I You know, Henry has done above and beyond for me, and I, he's made me where I am today and being able to do what I can do, and I can't thank him enough. And he supports everything we want to do fishing. If I tell him, hey, I want to go fishing, we're going fishing. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was swell that because I still yet have ever met – I've never met Henry, and you brought us on the boat, did filming, and he was just like, y'all have fun, you know? Yeah. Like, and he commented on all our videos and photos of the fishing trip and was like, that's awesome, gnarly. And I'm like, I love that he is supportive about this because he wasn't even there. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's the kind of guy he is. But just everybody on that boat swell. And then, I mean, oh, and then we got to fish with Cade. Yeah. Oh, Cade Spence. Too tall. Too tall. He might be, he would be a good one to have on here. I mean, we'd have to put the camera. All the way facing up here, you wouldn't be able to see us. <laughs> yeah, Some bitch seven foot twenty. Yeah, he's a good fisherman too, man. He's he's one of those guys. You know, you talk about guys who are fishy. He's fishy. But I like the story how he kind of got brought on to y'all's scene with the selfish. Whenever y'all had that. Yeah, so I mean, we obviously I've known Cade. You know, Cade's a few years younger than me. Who's not? Um, <laughs> but I've known Cade for a while, and uh, we grew up towns over from each other, and this and that, and kind of run the same circles, but I never knew Cade liked to fish. And then one day we get to talking and drinking beer and lo and behold, Cade likes to fish. So I start fishing with Cade and man, it's just grown into this thing. Like I talk to Cade every day and we, we, all we talk about is fishing and that's all we, that's, I mean, that is our life is fishing. And what I was pointing at or kind of poking at, I don't know the whole story. I could be butchering this, but y'all were going out and one of the plugs in the boat and the selfish messed up and he jumped in the water and, Carved out a wine cork. Yeah, yeah, he used a wine cork. Why we had a wine cork. I think actually, you know what, Cody Bonvillian goes, I'm going to pack these wine corks because we may need them one day. And I'm like, what the fuck are we going to need a wine cork for? And guess what? We needed it. And Cade told me, like, he, we're the first time, I've, like, I've known about Cade, known him because he just lives right down the road. But the first time we're on the boat, he's like, yeah, they kind of were, like, really about bringing me on board the time that, like, we started taking on water and Cade just – like he just he goes anybody got a wine cork, shaves it off, dives in the middle, and y'all fished with it for the remainder. Yeah, we, like, we we fished for three days with the wine cork as our boat plug, and that is amazing. And yeah. like it just 
he's a very intelligent guy. So him just thinking he, wine cork, jump in, plug it, bilge out the water, let's keep fishing. He is, I mean, some of y'all might be way too young to know what the show is, but he is the the MacGyver of Winnie Hampshire America. <laughs> that guy, you give him a pocket knife and some duct tape, yeah. he can make some shit happen. And if you don't know the parody, it's MacGruber. He's the <laughs> MacGruber of Hampshire Winnie America. That's the kind of people you want, you know. Fishing with you, though. I mean, well, someone that can solve problems like that. Oh, I'm going to take this wine court and plug you up. Well, and how, you how far off were y'all at the moment whenever y'all are like, oh, oh, about 120 miles. 120 miles. So the normal person, and I'm saying me, I might shit down my leg a little bit. Just, okay, well, we're taking on water. We're 120 miles offshore. We don't have another plug. Like, I, <laughs> I imagine, you know, we have enough redneck ingenuity. We would have figured something yeah. out. But it's great that he literally just off the rip. Yeah, just ripped with it, man. And the funny thing is, anybody got a wine cork? And Cody's like, I got one. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. The wine cork I was making fun about, we needed yeah, it. it just saved our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much everybody I've met on the boats. And then Brandon, we've had a – Yeah, Brandon's good, good dude, man. The chase this and, you know, and I love, dude, and I love that every time I ever fished with him, with you, and even when you weren't there, I got invited a couple of times. He always shit-talked me on bass fishing. Always oh, shit-talked yeah. me on bass yeah. fishing. And now he is into it, dude. He is eight up with it. And I love it. And his son's into it. Yeah, his son. I actually sponsor his son's team for the high school stuff, man. And uh, they've been they've been kicking ass, man. They, they really have. They've been smashing. And he, he'll send me, like, messages and be like, you know, we just ended up in third. And, you know, and these are tournaments with, you know, a couple hundred – teams 150 200 teams and they're getting third second i think they won one this year i'm like that's awesome yeah man it's great that 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 kid uh man chase is a fishy kid man he he's caught more blue marl than most adults i know well doesn't he hold the state record for like youth yeah youth yellowfin he's uh been in the top of the club tournament several times for releases i mean he's a fishy kid man i I chase he ain't even a kid anymore he's a grown man now he's close to it anyway yeah he's probably taller than his dad so we kind of been talking about we're really excited. I know we've probably mentioned it on every single podcast. People are like, dude, y'all are talking about it way too much, going up north and doing a bunch of bird hunting. But old Warhol over here, he's done a little bit up there. And I just kind of – you don't have to go into super big detail. Just reiterate just how badass is it up there compared to down here. Oh, man, it's, it's unreal. Mean, it's absolutely unreal. And – um. It's kind of funny. The first time I went up there and, and got to waterfowl hunt in Montana, I was hunting on a buddy of mine's place. And um, he's got some riverfront property. And he's like, man, we're going to go smash the greenheads. I'm like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, greenheads. You know, let's go kill the greenheads. Yeah, yeah we kill spiders. And, um, yeah, I killed a limited gadwall. Felt like I was back home in Winnie, Texas. Nothing yeah. wrong with a good gadwall. <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was just like, man, I drove all the Montana to shoot gadwall. I could have done that at home. And was he excited? He was probably excited, though. Oh, he was uh, absolutely just beyond himself because he's never seen a gadwall before. Dude, what is funny is, like, there's, like, little places up there in uh, Montana, like, we'd go eat, and they're like, y'all, y'all are hunting here or whatever? It's like, yeah. They're like, dude, y'all shoot? did y'all shoot anything? Like, they never would ask, did you shoot a mallard? Yeah. Which is what we're going up there to shoot mallards, Canada geese, you know, really anything, but that's the two major, we don't get those, you know, is – thick as they get and they're over here asking us they y'all shot shovelers or uh uh gadwall widgeon yeah you know it's like i didn't see one. Oh man shoot a snow goose up there and see what happens they flip dude we i wish we would have kind of 
I mean, I'm not mad that we didn't because we just we we passed on. We found a field, got permission from a landowner, and I'm talking three or four thousand snows that were just oh wow that's that's a lot. rarity up there yeah but it was it was like what i was telling you all the way up there on that lake oh and, fort peck yes yeah. and just on there just on the lake locked on and we're like man but then we had permission on another land that had five six thousand graders on it and he told us he said look you are more than welcome to hunt he goes but tomorrow or like the following day he goes i'm cutting and i was like oh or tilling up all the land and i was like we can't pass this up. Like, yeah, you got you got to shoot the candidates. Well, you can shoot the candidates. You don't get no, them here very often. And we shot the candidates, and then just kind of just never went back up there to go check it out. I really like. We could have probably gone out there that afternoon and yeah. just smoked them, which they don't give a shit. They call them sky carp up there and <laughs> sky. Carp. Well, man, you say they don't give a shit, but those guys don't ever really shoot them because they only have like a two week window, from what I understand. I've got a friend of mine up there, and he's like, "Man, we shot some snow geese," and I'm like. Oh, that's cool. We can come down here and shoot all the snow geese you want. But yeah, almost all. Like yeah. you know, after like the first part of the season, it's like we've been shooting snow geese. Not like even if you're not shooting them heavy, it's like yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. we got a rare snow. We got a snow. I mean, Mitch shot a banded snow this year. Yeah, it. They just love these old rice fields and tilled up fields. Yeah, but man, I'm gonna tell you. You know, I was thinking about you're talking about growing up and stuff, and and man, when I was a kid, I vividly remember. Not being able to sleep tonight because the amount of snow geese flying over all night long, like it was nonstop. And now, if I hear a group of snows, I'm like, oh man, there's some geese in the county. Like it's not what it used to be. I mean, we still kill them, but it's not not the big, huge concentration that we used to have in this county. And we've talked about this with Andrew on the last podcast, and it's kind of something I wouldn't mind asking just different people from different backgrounds. I mean, do you believe that it's from just the way the people manage their land up north and just the food that they don't have to come down here to eat. It's not getting cold enough. Are they just not flying on our flyway right now or for the past couple of years? So, you know, growing up here and and being involved with rice farming as a kid, you know, I kind of grew up under the Villiers wing over here in Winnie. And I'm going to tell you when hybrid rice was introduced to Chambers County, that's when I started seeing the duck numbers go down. I don't know if it's something to do with the rice itself or they don't like that grain or they don't like that strain, but the, the hybrid rice is when it really started to uh, kind of that and the, the uh, evolution of combines. So 20 years ago when you were cutting rice with a combine, you had a lot of leftover rice in the field. Now you're pretty much getting every grain. There's, yeah. there's not much left in the field for them to eat like there used to be back in the day. So I don't know if that has to do with it plus the hybrid, but when hybrid rice came into fruition uh, in, in Chambers County, it was something to, to be seen because the birds just do not hit those fields as hard as they do a long grain or a short grain or an organic field. And the one like the grains that are missed, you have like a maybe a two-week window yeah. where it's like there is snows in Chambers County, but it's – very soon, and they ain't missing a fucking grain. No, They're no. eating, yep. and they are going down and well, having, uh, like, Mai Tais on yeah, the yeah. beach in Mexico. That's if the blueing teal, if you don't have a heavy rain and the field's flooded and blueing teal don't eat it all before. Yeah. Now, I will say, we still have some of the best blueing teal hunting in the country. You can't, you cannot convince me otherwise. I, I, would, I Anyone that wants to argue that fact, I would definitely argue that. That is, when anybody, all these different people have been like, man, we want to come hunt with you. It's like. I'm not going to say, I mean, we, we limit out 
a lot. We skunk a lot, you know, whatever. That's just hunting. But blue wing teal hunting, that two weeks, it's on. Dude, you, you can go out there and just bam, bam, bam. That is bam, my bam. favorite two weeks of the year. I look forward to those two weeks every year because not only do you blue wing teal hunt, you blue wing teal hunt in the morning, you gator hunt all all day, and then you go dove hunting in the afternoon. It's just a, it's just a party. Yeah, that's where Rants and Jenkins and all them, they flourish during that right around that blue wing teal time because you have that two weeks of gator hunting. So usually you'll set up guys to come alligator hunt and they'll do the full package deal. They'll come and shoot blue wings in the morning, do like you're saying, because we'll worry, have the line set out. They'll go out there, you know, have themselves a nice toddy and shoot a, you know, shoot a big old lizard. Yeah. Yeah. Eat that shit up. Yeah, we get shot your, some um, ass tore up by mosquitoes during till season down here. But other than <laughs> yeah, that, it's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, the mosquitoes are rough. That is one people don't understand like the amount we have to go through with one till season. It's being hotter than shit. I'm wearing a cut off sleeve in waders or just hip boots while we're hunting. Like people everywhere else are you know suited up and they're not worried about mosquitoes. I probably eat what 10, 15 mosquitoes a year. What about you, Mitch? Oh, I would say per trip, dude. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm engulfing several mosquitoes per hunt. Like it's, I'm getting my protein in for sure. It's it's the ones that go up the nose for me that mm. do it. Oh, those are horrible. And they're still alive, just buzzing uh, around your brain. Just when one of us just starts randomly gagging, like we'll just look up our eyes, swallowed a mosquito. Yeah, and <laughs> you know when Mitch does because Mitchell has been the one. I've I've never seen someone throw up in the marsh as much as Mitch. Even our labs that go out and get water in their mouth when they're fetching a duck will throw up the water. Mitchell throws up off of pure just. Uh, there's been a lot of times I've vomited in the marsh uh, over several different reasons, but uh, mosquitoes definitely being one of them. <laughs> I think that's happened to everybody who's ever hunted in the marsh, honestly. Oh, God. Yeah. And that if you never have, you can book hunts down here and come and witness yourself. It's going to be a fantastic, probably the best, like probably the quickest duck hunt you can ever do. Also, you'll kill more mosquitoes than you ever have. And we're shaping up right now, being in a drought. The best waterfowl hunting years in Chambers in Jefferson County are drought years because if you have water, it is absolutely unbelievable because not many people do. Yeah. I think it's going to be a – I'm hoping this year – it's looking like this year's going to be very good. I'm excited to continue on with this podcast and talk about, you know, future hunts and shit like that. Every week it's talking about hopefully smacking ducks and not just smacking mosquitoes off of us. But besides that, the um, so you're going to go next Tuesday, going to go do cool shit. We'll probably be here. Just, you <laughs> yeah. know, we'll probably record a podcast. Yeah, we're going to try to go catch a marlin or something. We'll see. One of those pointy beaks, you know. Oh, that's it, man. Me and Porter will be out here, you know, having a good old time. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, and – if y'all want, we'll be able to, uh, if a lot of people, you know, give us feedback or whatever, we'll, uh, Ryan volunteered us to be able to, uh, do a podcast on the boat and, you know, be really neat, do like a before and after of a fishing trip. And I think that'd be a uh, super neat, especially because, I mean, even if we don't catch Marlin, I know you're fishing ass. You can go and get us something. Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to catch something, <laughs> we'll, that's for sure. We will go catch something, and we'll have something to report back. Yeah, between Robert and I, you are golden. Oh, Robert. I'm I'm exci- I'm ready to see Robert again, man. Hopefully he watches this podcast and knows that we thoroughly cherish his ass. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Robert Robert knows. He's, a, he's high in my book for sure. 
Also, I'm going to go ahead and plug these guys in. I forgot to do it a second ago. Snuff Cup Spittoons. It, uh, quality spittoon. This one has the Bayou Dragons. Put your can in the bottom. Spit in the top. Machine washable. They're fantastic. You will. <laughs> that was Damn great. good spittoon. Damn good spittoon. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I quit dipping a long time ago, but I, I'd spit in that. You were more of a man than I ever will be as I'm sitting here with a fucking hog leg in. Probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And and I can smell it when you open your can and my mouth still waters to this day. How long, have, it, how long has it been since you've taken a pinch of... Uh, 15 years. Dude, I, I commend you for that. And, yep. You know, I've always thought about quitting one day. Like, can I quit? You know, will I ever quit? I just, I don't know. Like, I don't... Oh. The, the thought of quitting is, is pretty tough, man. I look at those two cans and I'm just like, oh, man. Gosh, that looks so good. But now, if I took a dip, I'd probably throw up. Ah, oh, you'd be fine. You want a pinch? No, no, I'm gonna pass. <laughs> I'm gonna pass. I appreciate it though. Yeah, I want to see someone throw up on a podcast. Yeah. Oh man, the the. Well, I just tell you, my mom. If you're watch, if you ever do watch this, mom, just know you didn't raise a quitter. <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> By the way, Copenhagen, if you want to sponsor us, I've bought thousands of dollars worth of your merchandise product. <laughs> Probably made y'all quite a bit of sales too. Yeah. Oh yeah, just throwing in hog legs. That is my. Oh, dude, I know we talk about it all the time. We're not supposed to talk about like people that just talk shit, but I love it when like, do y'all do anything other than just dip? It's like, well. Everything we do, we do dip while we're doing it. So, like, we go do something here in a minute. Ryan was talking about we might go frogging here in just a minute. If it happens, we'll let you know how that trip goes on the next podcast. But trust, I will have a dip in while we're frogging. I haven't had a good frogging trip in forever, man. I mean, I haven't eaten frog legs. That's the main thing. I want to eat some frog legs. Like, I love frogging, but, man, the frying them frog legs up, man, that's, that's some good eating there. Oh, that's the real white meat. Oh, that's the best ever. You you go out and you spend all night frogging and you clean them the next day and then, oh, gosh, they're so good. Dude, if you could eat it raw, I would. I mean, I guess you could eat it raw. Speaking of raw, <laughs> dude, I just got back. So I said at the beginning of this podcast, I just got back from Orlando, and you've probably already had it, but I've eaten probably like everything that's ever been on a menu, like at any Japanese like restaurant. I've eaten raw, whatever. I will eat. I'll try anything, but... I had my first time a uh, raw uh, shrimp, but that uh, that big ass shrimp off of California. Oh, the, those prawns. The prawns, oh, dude. Yeah, how was that, dude? It was fantastic. It's if you, great. If you've never had raw prawn, please do yourself a favor and eat it. I just didn't do anything with it. Just it was sweet, wasn't it, dude? It was so good. Yeah. I was like, this is fantastic. Like it said, California prawn. We're in Florida, the farthest state away from it, <laughs> and it tasted like it just came straight out of the water, dude. Fantastic! I tell you what, we ought to do, man. Next little batch of frogs we we uh, catch, we ought to you know get you know a dozen or so, and you uh, put them in that sous vide. We'll sous vide them, and then you'll throw them on that smoker. You know, cook them a little bit, and then we'll smoke them. I bet those would be pretty good. Dude, the sous vide. I know we've we've talked about the sous vide. Buy a sous vide; it's fantastic. That Gimsbach that I was talking about earlier, I sous vide it, seared it best meat i've ever had in my mouth in the most non-sexual way (laughs) that shit right there is fantastic you know you go to all these steakhouses and the guys who have steak nights and stuff they're sous vide in that steak before they put it on the grill it's it's sitting in that water 
and they have one for medium rare, one for rare, one for medium, one, you know, and, and that's how they get those steaks out so quick. But yeah. they don't, when they sit in that water, they don't overcook in the water. Once they get to medium rare or medium, they're there. And then they just throw them on the grill and, you know, sear them and then they're, you're probably throwing them out. Yeah, exactly. They're getting those grill marks to make it look good. And yeah, man, and that's, that's the way a lot of guys do it in these restaurants. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, I imagine you probably have a sous vide, Ryan. You have your little cooking background. You're over <laughs> here, miniature chef. Yeah. Chef Captain Ryan Warhola. Yeah, yeah. Holly and I are always throwing pictures of food at each other. I'm like, I got this tonight. And she's like, oh, well, I'm going to top it with this. And it's a back and forth thing. But yeah, I am a untrained, don't know anything about the culinary arts chef, but I try to make, make do. You make it look very pretty. The two, you and Doug Morrison, like to make food look so pretty. Yeah. And I try with like my wife, and I'll like, you know, I'll even make the little sriracha like designs on the plates and she's like oh this looks pretty i'm just like i'll look back at like one of your photos i'm like shit (laughs) yeah this ain't nothing but she's still married to me so yeah there you go i guess i i cook decent enough but maybe you can cook us these frog legs that we go catch here in a minute (laughs) yeah we'll go we'll we'll, i'll see what i can do with them there you probably feed them up sashimi wise oh you know maybe maybe spiral them off the bone or something make Mm. them make them look real good Mm. Maybe leave a little skin so you get that that little texture to them. What is your favorite? I mean, you've killed a lot of stuff. You've caught a bunch of stuff. You've cleaned it. What is your you think favorite wild game? Like, oh, you, you've already hit the nail on the head. It's Kimsbach, one hundred percent. Yes, I mean wow. it is absolutely unbelievably y'all, good. Y'all gonna have to pull a picture up of this, whatever this is. I don't know what it is. I've, I've, I've never heard the name so of it's this a, species. It's an African antelope and um, they have a like a kind of a straight horn and they're uh, gray, black, and white. And uh, man, I don't I don't know what it is about them, but gosh, they're good. And I've ate, I mean, I've ate nail guy. Nail guy's really good. I've ate elk. I've ate red stag. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I have had that y'all might cringe on but zebra is excellent. Haven't I have never tried that? Yeah, yeah. So I was I was actually at the Black Eagle with a uh, with my buddy who has the place, and uh, his name's Daniel Wheeler. And one day they brought out some zebra, and I was like, <laughs> about to eat horse. And let me tell you, that's some damn good horse. It's way better than Taco Bell horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Taco Bell horse doesn't even compare. The, that mm. is unique. I mean, I don't. I'm not cringing about nothing. I'll eat. Anything. Yeah. I mean, I'll try sure. anything once. Well, not anything, but most things I'll try once, you know, just to see, you know, do I like it? No, if not, you know. Yeah, you know, everybody thinks horse or pets, and, you know, in the United States they are, but the, the zebra is not really a horse, but it looks like one so that people get that mind factor to where they, they put it in their mouth and they just can't swallow because they feel like they're eating old red from the back pasture back there or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. What are you eating? I'm eating that old paint in the back. Yeah, that, old, that, that old Charlie. <laughs> that old buckskin back there granddaddy had. Dude, speaking of horse, and I know this is a way off topic, I just want to tell, uh, just go live on the podcast and say congratulations, old Coy Melanson, a local that won the uh, Ultimate Cowboy uh, Showdown show or whatever. I don't oh, know yeah. if you – yeah. That Trace Atkins show, he yeah. won that, and I just want to say congratulations, that, Coy. That's the second local person that's been on it. You had Jay Storm on it the year before. Yeah, she was she was on it, and I yeah. believe she made it pretty pretty far, but Coy won it. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, we have some really good cowboys in this area, man. I mean, we really do. I mean, between the Cloud Boys and, and just those guys, all those guys, you know, that, that uh, there's a lot of guys local that are in the PBR and the NFR, and there's a lot of cowboys in this country. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, shit, one of the best bull riders. Like, I, I'm going to say ever. I'm not a giant PBR follower, nothing like that. But uh, old boy from, you know his name, Mitch. I'm going to. From uh, Jasper, or from what Jasper. is it from? Kirbyville or Jasper? Kirbyville, Jasper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cooper Davis. Cooper, Cooper Davis. Davis. Yeah, yeah. And he had Howdy Cloud. He was he was big time for a while. I mean, yeah. yeah well, he had the he had the the ackles, you know, and all that going yeah. on forever over here. I mean, there's a lot of rodeo roots over here. That's, no I mean, we don't just have hunting around here. No, no, you have some punchy ass some bitches around here too. Yeah, yeah, little saltgrass cowboys. I just and cowgirls too. I mean, Jay Storm. Yeah. I mean, she 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 hang with the best of them. Oh. She ropes against the guys and mm. wins. Old Jay Storm, Judice. Old uh, Judice, baby. Uh, her brother, old Jake Judice, good friend of ours as well. Good old rice farmer out of oh, yeah. Texas. It's been rice farm. I, I, I'm. That's why I've been getting so excited for duck hunting around here is because everybody started planting. Oh yeah. Everybody's. It's that time of the year. Everybody's planting rice, and I'm like. Come on and grow, man. And with the market, all the organic you see, man, with the organic, you get all those extra little seeds and everything in it. Get, hey, give me an uh, organic rice field that has some seedy beans in it and flood it. Let me tell you. Greenhead Central. I'm I'm looking forward. And we're going to have, this year it's going to be on with our filming and videography. And Mitch has done a great job so far. But we're going to have some really good footage of our hunts this year. Can't post them on TikTok, but our Instagram and Facebook will be lit up with all that stuff. So everything's just going to keep getting better with time, you know. We're getting better at everything we're doing, evolving, and just uh, improving at everything we do, you know. It's I mean, all a learning process. As a business guy on the outside looking in, y- y'all guys are killing it. Y'all are doing very well. That means a lot because you're, like I, like I said, I'm going to reiterate, the local <laughs> legend of Hampshire, Texas, old Ryan Warhola. <laughs> he, uh, if he's saying we're doing a good job, I – I'm taking that shit to the bank. Oh, yeah. I don't care what anybody else says. They, A lot of people talk shit, whatever. That's fine. We're all got our back. That's fine. Yeah. Ten people can watch this. As long as ten people watch it, I'm happy. Hey, and you, you can gauge your success by the amount of haters you get. I'm going to yeah. tell you that right now because I have a lot of haters. Yeah. You have a lot of people that love you. You got a lot of haters. I mean, because what you do, I mean, I, I don't I – don't, fishing's a whole different deal, and that's what you mostly post, but, like, it's nuts that people hate on fishing. Yeah. Like, I get hunting, you know, you're killing an innocent animal, you know, but, like, it has to be done. But, like, fishing, people are like, man, that that's cruel. It's like, you're hurting the fish. It's like, bro, you ever eaten fish? Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Hey, you ever had any of that sweet meat from the Gulf of Mexico? Mm, the Gulf. That People have been slamming some trout uh, yeah, man. right now. God. We had a green tide. We... Hell, we we haven't even talked about. It. We just got back with uh from uh fishing with Shane White. We had a bunch of videos and photos about that and that was a, a real good time. We caught what? We landed five sharks, three bull reds. Yeah, Shane um really knows what he's doing in the surf. He's he's really mastered his craft there in the surf. They got a really cool setup and uh, catch a lot of redfish, bunch of bunch of sharks and uh, I I really want to have him on the podcast. He's he's a cool guy and uh, I've known him for a while. Man, I've been following that that stuff, and yeah, I've done, I've dabbled in it, and, and been with some people. I'm I'm obviously not versed in it, but that looks like a really good time. Oh, I get to sit on the beach, and you're gonna put a line out, and we're gonna drink beer by a fire until a fish bites. Yeah, sign me up for that. I'm in, dude. It was, and what was funny? So we pull up last weekend, right before we uh, left. Everybody was kind of doing their vacations. I pull up, and I'm backing into the spot. I see Shane set up. He has a big tower, has multiple lines out. 
they carry out the lines by drone, which is a whole cool little deal. And there's I'm backing up, and there's three younger dudes. I'm not going to call them kids, just three younger dudes. And they're like, God dang it, like almost backed into them. I was like, hey, get out of the way, you know? And they're just standing there. And I get out, and they're like, you're a bayou dragon. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, my God, I love your TikToks. They start showing me everything. I'm like, well, the guy, the guy behind the TikTok is going to be here in just, like, 15 minutes. And they're like, like, dude, they were hard, like, straight up hard. <laughs> when Mitch jumped out of the truck, they were just swarming around them. And I was like, this That's is cool, man. It really is. I love that we're able to impact the youth that way and try to, you know, for the most part, um, you know, impact them positively and try to, you know, promote positive well, ways of, you know, the way the things we do. I love it because they were there fishing with Shane. You know, they they have a – Shane's a part of a little guide service. I can't remember right now. I'll, I'll uh, talk about that next episode. But um, they were fishing with Shane, so they came all the way from the other side of Houston. And, like, the mom walked up to me and was like, are you famous? I was like, no, ma'am. I'm just a dude. But I appreciate your sons following us. They, You know, we got them a bunch of um, apparel and hats, shirts, koozies, all that stuff. And they – I was just glad to see them catch. They reeled in every shark, every redfish, put them on the Instagram. They thought that was the coolest shit ever. That's what does it for me, man. Seeing those young kids, like, support us and, you know, really think, you know, we got it going on and, you know, just trying to provide a positive outlook on things for them, too. I think it's awesome. Yeah, man, especially in the world today. You know, the, the youth out there, there's a lot of people that don't hunt and fish, and if you can introduce somebody to that, man, that's just great. And Well, they'll just – it's a whole different experience. Like, the first time I ever shot a deer, I was 10. And then after that, I was just like, what have I been doing the like the rest of my life? Like, once you start hunting, it's like no other feeling. And you, you still, and I, I will say this, if you don't still get, like, buck fever, you know, then you can just stop hunting. Like, you've already been there. You you don't get nervous. I get nervous if I'm pulling the trigger on a doe. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the one thing my that my dad told me and, and, and instilled in me, and, and I still think about to this day. If he was shooting a deer and I was in the blind with him, and I was too young to hunt, but he he was shaking, and I'm looking at him like, man, you you shot a bunch of deer. Why why are you shaking? He goes, son, let me tell you, if you don't do this every time you shoot a deer, you need to quit hunting. And you know that kind of stuck with me. And I, man, I get excited over deer or catching a fish or. Man, when when a group of ducks are working in just right and you're calling at them, God, it's the best feeling in the world. Man, I, I think honestly that's probably a beautiful thing to end on. What he just said. Yeah, no, that's a great. I just basically just painted the picture to anyone that's not about this life. If you can try to get yourself into this lifestyle, just hunting, fishing, just outdoors. Not even you don't even have to hunt or fish. If you just want to go, grab a tent, go camping, enjoy it. Listen to the birds chirp. That is a, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much a wrap-up for this episode. I think it's been very good. This is our longest one yet. And I just want to reiterate that we really appreciate Captain Sous Chef Ryan Warhola, <laughs> local legend of Hampshire, to join us. Hey, I'm not the one having to give out autographs. And, and you know, nah, That's Mitch. No. Mitch over here taking photos. He's Nah, He's becoming a legend, dude. Just here, man. But hey, man, thank y'all for all the support y'all given us. Y'all check out our new shirts. We got a discount running through Fourth of July weekend. Uh, y'all check it out, man. Thank y'all. Appreciate it, everybody.